Today's episode is a Mailbag Monday extravaganza where I'll be answering tons of questions on Connor Bedard, Lucas Reichel, Kevin Korczynski, and the future of the Chicago Blackhawks franchise. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Sunday, July 30th, or you'll probably be listening to this on Monday, July 31st. Regardless, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and show me some love on Twitter, at Jack Bushman 2 Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also just a quick reminder to make sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I know well over 50% of the viewers right now aren't subscribed to the channel. What are you doing? Do me a huge favor. Go and hit that subscribe button for me. It won't cost you a single penny. It's 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to help your boy out. And also that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And make sure to go and subscribe, to go and follow, excuse me, Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. Instagram as well to have an opportunity to win some cool free stuff as part of the giveaway that I'm doing right now on Lockdown Blackhawks. I'll be telling you all a little bit more about that, so make sure to stay tuned to the midway point of the episode. But enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen if you are tuning in here on Monday morning. I hope everyone out there enjoyed their weekends and had themselves a nice relaxing few days off. But as always, back to reality here to kick things off to start off the week. And over the last couple of weeks now, probably because as I just referenced, I'm doing a giveaway right here on Lockdown Blackhawks that's generating some new eyes. And obviously, when free stuff is involved, that just gives people a little bit more incentive to subscribe to the YouTube channel or to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. Make sure that you're doing both if you want a chance to win some cool free Blackhawk stuff. But with that being the case, I've been having a lot more people kind of sliding into my DMs on Instagram or reaching out uh, through email or through all different spots on various social media channels. And a lot of them have been reaching out, asking me Blackhawks questions. And for the last few weeks now, I've really been kind of stockpiling a lot of the best ones, or I think the most relevant ones or questions that I do get answered at least somewhat frequently. And one who uh, give my answers to all of you, all of the audience out there, because I do think uh, there's some insightful questions in here. And yeah, like I said, just stuff that I get asked a lot or stuff that I do think is worthwhile. And I think could generate a, a good debate or a good little conversation here live on the show. So I'm going to be going through probably about a dozen or so questions. I didn't count exactly how many I have, but make sure to go and reach out if you uh, are listening right now and didn't ask me a question over the last couple of weeks and you have one on the top of your mind, feel free to reach out anywhere you can. Hit me up on at Jack, at Jack Bushman 2 on Twitter. You can hit me up on my Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter account, my personal Blackhawks Twitter account, email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. There are so many ways 
for you to reach out. I have a community tab on my YouTube channel as well. So please reach out, find a way to get your question over to yours truly so I can answer them here live on the show. But without any further ado, I think I've wasted enough of your time without answering these questions. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. And I guess I kind of should uh, get this in real quick as well. This could be a two-parter episode because, well, if you're a longtime listener of the show, then you know that I do tend to ramble from time to time. And also, with the sheer number of questions that I have to answer here, could wind up getting into uh, the 40 or 50 minutes in terms of the episode length. So I might wind up breaking this into two parts, but I guess we'll uh, just see how it goes as I kind of get through everything. But the first question I wanted to answer today, and these are in no particular order or anything, I just kind of jotted everything down as I went through my DMs and all my social media stuff. The first one that I'm going to be answering comes from Alex Bonifacic, Alex Bonifacic, Alex, I apologize. I know you just reached out to me on Instagram recently and uh, followed the Instagram account there as well. I apologize if I butchered your last name, but Alex reached out and asked, how does the Blackhawks prospects rank among a tier list? For example, Connor Bedard, top tier generational talent, Reichel, tier two out of three, top nine forward, bottom tier, Marcel, Marcel, and the, um, the fan love for Marcel Marcel since the Blackhawks drafted him has just been amazing. And then to see him, of course, sign his uh, entry-level deal with the Blackhawks and will be joining the Rockford Icehogs instead of returning to uh, the Gatineau Olympiques in junior hockey next season only added uh, a little fuel to the fire there. I will say real quick, I don't want people to get their hopes up too much on Marcel Marcel. Well, I do think he was an extremely good value pick, and I like his size and skill combination. Obviously, he's still only 19 years old, turns 20 in the fall. He's going to have to uh, do some hard work in order to reach the NHL level. But answering Alex's question here, just want to give some warnings about the Marcel Marcel love before we get ahead of ourselves. Um, breaking things into tiers is a little bit difficult, and I'm obviously not going to go through each and every one of the Blackhawks prospects because it is a fairly deep pool that they've accumulated since Kyle Davidson has taken over one of the deepest in the entire NHL. Um, I would put Bedard kind of on an island of his own in terms of that generational talent um, projection because while I do think the Blackhawks, like I just said, have one of the best prospect pools, if not the best prospect pool in the NHL, no one is at that level that Connor Bedard is and there aren't very many uh, historical prospects that have been in that same category either. So I'm kind of leaving Connor Bedard by himself because he's a little bit of a unicorn, right? Um, but I do have Kevin Korchinski, Lucas Reichel, uh, Frank Nazar, and Oliver Moore kind of in that second tier behind Connor Bedard together, where I believe all four of those players right there have the potential to be real special talents in the NHL. I don't know if I want to say superstar talent like Connor Bedard has. Um, but I do believe that Korchinski, Reichel, Oliver Moore, and Fred Nazar all can be game changers and game breakers and project to be uh, top line forwards or, or a top pairing defenseman in terms of Kevin Korchinski. I think those four are a little bit on their own ahead of the rest of the prospects, but also behind Connor Bedard. And then I grouped a bunch of players into kind of a third tier that I think are going to be very solid NHL players one day. And I apologize if I missed one or two. Um, but I have Alex Vlasic, Ethan Del Mastro, Drew Camesso, Wyatt Kaiser, um, Isaac Phillips, Gavin Hayes, Sam Renzel, 
Aiden Thompson and Colton Dock. Oh, and I have Cole Gutman in there as well. Don't want to forget him. I believe all those players uh, can be really solid NHL players and are puzzle pieces for the Blackhawks rebuild. That's kind of how I broke things down a little bit on the fly here, but um, in terms of a little bit of a tier system for the Blackhawks top 10 or top 15 guys, that's kind of how I personally would break it down. The second question I wanted to answer comes from at Matt DeMichael 93 on Twitter who asked, why are the Hawks being stingy with money with only Kurashev? They handed it out like candy to Corey Perry and Nick Foligno. Kurashev is part of the long-term team and could grow into something nice. It's so weird. And first, let me just say Matt didn't reach out for this in particular as a Mailbag Monday question, but I did want to answer this because I think it is something that probably many Blackhawks fans out there thought or felt. And I did want to kind of provide a little bit of an answer here. And yeah, I definitely understand that point. It would be a little bit confusing to be like, well, Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, why do they get $4 million deals when they're at the end of their NHL careers? And Kurashev, you know, they're going tooth and nail over, you know, a million dollars or whatever it may be. The answer for that is because they're in completely different situations at their respected careers, right? Obviously, Corey Perry and Nick Foligno are not going to be long-term puzzle pieces for the Chicago Blackhawks. They, quite honestly, both could only be here for about 50, 55 games before the Blackhawks flip them at the deadline. I do think it's possible that they come back, but the more likely situation is the Blackhawks wind up flipping them for even more assets at the 2024 deadline. And that's kind of the money that it was going to take those two at this point of their careers in order to sign on with the Blackhawks squad that's not going to be competing for a Stanley Cup next season. That was a little bit of an incentive for them to come to the Blackhawks and Kyle Davidson could give out that money because he knew they were short-term deals and they're not going to be here for, for very long. And on one-year contracts, the Blackhawks have so much money right now where it wasn't going to matter whatsoever. Where Philip Kershev differentiates is it's one of the first contracts that Kyle Davidson is giving out that actually could have implications on the Blackhawks' future, on the Blackhawks' rebuild when they are trying to put together a team competitive enough to go for it all. Philip Kershev, while there is still some debate if he's going to be a puzzle piece, he certainly is one of the few players that has the potential that's been with the Blackhawks for the last couple of seasons now. And Kyle Davidson really wanted to get this contract right because while right now the Blackhawks have an influx of cap space, that might not be the situation in two, three, or four years down the road. So you want to make sure you get this one right, lay the groundwork properly for a Philip Kershev contract, and who knows what's going to happen in the future, but it absolutely is one that Kyle Davidson and this Blackhawks organization looked at differently than most of the things they did in the offseason because Philip Kershev actually does have a space potentially in the rebuild of the Chicago Blackhawks franchise. So that's kind of the, the explanation there um, is that quite simply Philip Kershev matters more down the road for the Blackhawks than Nick Felino or Corey Perry do because they're elder skatesmen on one-year contracts. So that's kind of the breakdown of that. I know it might've been a little bit confusing, but it certainly wasn't meant to be disrespect thrown to Philip Kershev or anything. It's not like they were trying to nickel and dime him when they have all this money. And maybe Kershev's like, well, what the heck is this all about? No, this is just how business is handled in the NHL. And some business you have to tend to and handle differently than others. And this was clearly uh, a different matter than what the Blackhawks had done for the most part throughout this uh, 2023 offseason. 
The next question I wanted to answer comes from Alan Mersnick, who emailed in the podcast and asked a really good question. One of my favorites I've been asked in quite a while, and it's an opinion question. Who in your mind has a better chance to be part of the Blackhawks core looking ahead? Taylor Hall or Andreas Athanasiu? Both at this point in time are signed on for the Blackhawks, signed on with the Blackhawks for the next two seasons. Taylor Hall, 31 years old. Andreas Athanasiu is going to be turning 29 in August. So I think that right there is enough to probably give Andreas Athanasiu a little bit of an edge along with um, how he's already served for one season uh, under Luke Richardson, under this new Blackhawks front office and kind of have has a feel of how everything is going to go. Um, that's where I would lean personally, but obviously we're going to have to see what happens out there uh, on the ice when Taylor Hall finally gets to put on the Blackhawks sweater and gets out there in game action because while he is the older of the two, there's no denying he's the one who probably, not even probably, who has the higher ceiling still at this point of their careers. I mean, Andreas Hathnesiu has never won an MVP, and I know that Taylor Hall accomplished that seemingly years ago now. I mean, it's been since 2017, 2018 when he won the Hart Trophy with uh, the New Jersey Devils and really carried them to the postseason. And ever since then, it's kind of been a, a struggle for Taylor Hall. We've seen him bounce around through... Um, multiple NHL teams, the Arizona Coyotes, he had a small stint with, same with the Buffalo Sabres. The last couple of years, he's, he's found it a little bit, but that's also been playing with one of the top teams in the NHL in the Boston Bruins. But regardless of that, Taylor Hall still is the one who has the higher upside than Andreas Athanasiu because while he did score 20 goals this season for the first time since he potted 30 with uh, the Detroit Red Wings a few years ago, it still felt like, that's kind of the ceiling for Andreas Athanasiu. I really don't think he's ever going to score 30 again unless he's just in such a gifted situation because uh, of just how he's limited. And it really it feels like it's only certain opportunities or certain stretches. He's a streaky player. I just don't think he's ever going to reach that 30-goal capability again, whereas Taylor Hall, I do think he still has that potential and I do think he is the more talented player. And just a couple of years ago with Boston, he did score 20 goals. Once again, had a 60 point season as well. And I think he's also the one who will probably be the better fit alongside uh, Connor Bedard. I know Andreas Athanasiu has that high pace game that I've talked about as well. And that's why they brought him back. But I think Taylor Hall is the better skill player here. Make no mistake about it. So that's a really fascinating question. And we're going to have to see what happens on the ice, but it really could go either way. I think T Taylor Hall has the higher upside, but Athanasiu is the younger player and uh, understands the situation a little bit more and is a bit more familiar with this staff and with this franchise. A really good question there to kind of uh, answer it at the end of the day here. I'm going to go with Taylor Hall. The next question I'm going to answer comes from Todd Anabali on Instagram, who asked, first, I always thought they should have moved Ian Mitchell to the wing position, but unfortunately it never happened. I also think they ought to experiment with big tenority on the wing. I'd have him plant his big butt in front of the goalie on the power play. What are your thoughts on this? This has actually been kind of an interesting debate among Blackhawks fans for maybe the last four, five, six years now with like a multitude of different players. And I don't know what it is about Blackhawks fans that always feel this way. And maybe it was because under Joel Quenville's tenure, he had, um, oh my gosh, this is going to drive me crazy. 
It's going to drive me crazy. Sheldon Brookbank, thank you very much, Brain, for working. Maybe it's because he had Sheldon Brookbank from time to time, like going from defenseman to forward. Um, I don't know what it is, but this is just a question that Blackhawks fans are, or a theory that Blackhawks fans always come up with. And we've heard it with uh, here Ian Mitchell and Jared Tenorti as well. We heard it with Eric Gustafson. Uh, we heard it with Caleb Jones as well. And then it eventually, funnily, ended up happening, even though it was mostly due to just roster construction situations and injuries that the Blackhawks were dealing with. Um, it wasn't really like a future opportunity for Caleb Jones to go out there and play forward, but for whatever reason, yeah, it's just kind of been a something that a lot of Blackhawks fans have thought of. The one thing I will say is these guys have played the same position for the most part their entire careers, right? And if it was so easy to jump from defenseman and forward, I, I think a lot more people would be doing it, right? And I also think in a game in the NHL today where speed and skill is becoming, you know, it's taking over. That's what the league is going after as compared to 10 years ago when the Blackhawks had Sheldon Brookbank playing defenseman and forward. You could get away with uh, a size game, and that was really that was really the mold for just all over the ice was having size and skill as opposed to speed and skill. So it's just a different game today than it was 10 years ago. And now I'm just, I'm not aboard on this. And I don't think Ian Mitchell would have done any better at the wing. He had been a defenseman his entire life. Um, maybe you look, and maybe I'm reading this wrong and maybe it's worthy of the opportunity. And if it didn't work out, we didn't lose anything. I, I understand that, but It's just not as easy as like going out there and and switching positions. And as far as Jared Tenorti going out there on the power play, it would be hilarious to try to watch him keep up going up and down the ice at his speed. I I do think, you know, that it's always a good idea to throw a big body out there in front of the goaltender on the power play to try to take away his vision. I don't know if you got to go out and put out, you know, six, four defensive defenseman. Jared Tenorti is that guy. I think he can probably, uh, draft a forward to be in that position. So I'm, I'm personally not there, um, but it is something that seemingly gets asked to me like once every six months or once every year. Why don't they give this guy a tryout at forward? Um, I'm sure if it were that easy, it would have happened already. So I'm, I'm usually not there on that front, but I do think uh, it was a fun and intriguing question and something that I do get asked pretty often here as the host of the show. All right, folks, coming up here in just a moment, I will continue to answer some of these questions right here live on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, real quick, I do need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just spent 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on fan duel an official pa- official partner of major league baseball all right we're back here on the lockdown blackhawks podcast part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day real quick if you haven't done so already please make sure that you're subscribed to lockdown blackhawks on youtube i'm really trying to boost the numbers up right now and 
you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, as well as following Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram, you'll have an opportunity to win some cool free Blackhawks stuff as part of the giveaway that I'm currently having. And recently I've put out pictures on Instagram, some of the items that are involved in the giveaway, such as uh, a Blackhawks reserved parking sign. I have a cool Blackhawks wood frame that I'm looking at right now. I have some cards involved and a lot of other good stuff that you can check out if you're following Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. It's real easy to join. Again, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. And then just quickly send Lockdown Blackhawks a DM of a screenshot that shows you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Super easy. Send me a screenshot shows you're subscribed to the channel. You'll have an opportunity to win some cool free Blackhawks stuff courtesy of yours truly right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. All right, picking up where I left off, getting into the next question that I'm going to answer, which comes from Ken Bridgman 07 on Twitter, who asked, have you got an opinion on Jackson Stauber? Personally, I was so impressed with him. He manages crease like Crawford, rarely losing his crease, doesn't overreact. The kid was five and one, which to me was an insane result. I was certainly Pleasantly surprised by Jackson Stauber, who was one of several goalies that the Blackhawks had to call up to the NHL level this past season because of some injuries earlier on in the campaign to uh, Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock, whose name I haven't said in quite a while. And just thinking about him, uh, sad to see him go. It was quite a treat to always watch Alex Stalock backstop the Chicago Blackhawks in net. But anyways, getting back to Jackson Stauber, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with his play, and I don't think you can knock him on that whatsoever. I think you have to say it was incredible to see this kid fresh out of college who had been only playing in the AHL, really hadn't had a sniff of coming up to the NHL, gets kind of thrown into the spot for six starts and goes five and one. Yeah, it's absolutely impressive. But the one thing I will say is that taking a look at Jackson Stauber's numbers in Rockford, where he did most of his work last season in 17 games, he had a 6-8-0 and record along with a .894 save percentage, 3.32 goals against average. And being 23, he turned 24 in April at the end of last season. It's just kind of a tough spot for him to be in considering Arvid Soderblom is barely, but he is younger than Jackson Stauber. Obviously, Drew Comesso is younger and has been a high-touted goalie prospect for quite a while. And then the Blackhawks go out and draft Adam Guyon, the first goalie off the board in this year's draft with the first selection in the second round, only adding another goaltender to the pipeline. So it feels like this year is kind of a a really big make-or-break opportunity for Jackson Stauber. And I don't want to say if he performs badly that he's completely thrown out of the rotation and he has no chance whatsoever because odds are Drew Comesso is probably going to have a really patient approach from the Blackhawks front office. Probably not going to see him in the NHL consistently till two to three years down the road. Obviously, Guyane is going to be a handful of years away from that. So it's really just Soderbloom and Stauber at this point in time. But I do think that obviously Soderbloom has the upper hand and has looked at with more value from the organization's perspective. He's going to be the backup this year. Um, and I, I just, I don't, I don't know how to put this properly. I just don't, don't think there's any reason to gas up Jackson Stauber too highly over just a six game stretch. Was it impressive? Yes. But 
The truth is he probably lies somewhere in the middle of being pretty poor for Rockford last year and being amazing at the NHL level for the Blackhawks, right? The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. He's probably, uh, and look, he put up really solid numbers collegiately. I just don't think there's any reason to believe that he's going to be the one in net for the Blackhawks moving forward. And again, I could be completely wrong on that, but um, as far as my opinion on Jackson Stauber, all in all, I'm not really high on him. I'm not really low on him. I just quite honestly think we need to say, see more out of him. And this year is probably going to be a very pivotal year in terms of knowing whether he has an, uh, a chance whatsoever, or if he's just kind of going to be uh, another guy that's been in the AHL for the time being. So this year is going to tell us a lot as far as Jackson Stauber's future, I fully believe.